All right, David. So uh, l- l- last week we opened the show talking about Sweden. We're just going to move a little bit to the south. Is that how that works? Yeah, we're just going to keep moving south. Eventually we're going to end up back north. Uh, we're we're going to go so far south we go north. This is okay. how. Kyrie Irving begs to disagree. <laughs> I Yeah, no, the, the earth is, uh, it's round. <gasps> I know. Contrary to, to popular belief, sorry Kyrie Irving, we do have a round earth. Germany. Okay, so apparently over the weekend, um, two elderly Germans uh, who were uh, staying at a nursing home found their way to the, and I'm going to be very careful with this pronunciation. As you should. The Wacken (laughs) Open Air Heavy Metal Festival. It's apparently the one of, if not the biggest, heavy metal festivals in the world it's like a four day four day ordeal and so apparently the 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 german nursing home staff contacted the police uh friday after they noticed that these two uh elderly german residents were uh, were not in their room were missing from the center um and a lot of people are kind of making fun of this or saying like oh yeah they were there to rock out they're metal heads um the police found them at 3 a.m., disoriented and dazed. I don't think they were there rocking out. Well, maybe they were dazed and disoriented from the hardcore rocking. Yeah, I think they are super old people. That makes sense. <laughs> and they happen to live next door to the biggest heavy metal festival in the world. No, they traveled like 25 miles to get there. I, I assume the sound, the was, sound. The sound made it that far. <laughs> they, could, they could not go to sleep, David. And like any good old man... Who's ever kicked a kid off his lawn? They had to find the source of the disturbance. So they went to the festival, confronted seventy-five thousand young men, sure. told them to get off their lawn, yeah. but became entranced by the uh, the dulcet sounds of Judas Priest, Danzig, Running Wild, Eskimo Cowboy. Sorry, say that last one again. Eskimo Cowboy? I thought that's what you said. Dude, they rock so hard. Oh, you haven't lived if you haven't heard some Eskimo Cowboy. Dude, their last album was awesome. Here's some Eskimo Cowboy to play us in. I don't I don't think we can get that. Oh, we don't have the rights to that. We don't. This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast in the known universe. The only podcast in the known universe featuring a couple of guys. Me and David talking about sports and sometimes other stuff like old German people and how the earth is not flat. And Swedish jewels. <laughs> they haven't found them yet, David. They're still lost? St- the Swedish jewels are still at large. So we were making fun of these guys for getting away on a little motorboat, but apparently they're better than we thought they were. If you have any tips, if you have any leads on the Swedish jewels, please contact me and David. And how would they do that, Anthony? Oh, yes. You can find the show on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. Our one YouTube listener, our one holdout who's still listening to things on YouTube. Uh, We appreciate it. We love it. We love you. Yeah, much love to the YouTube listener. But but, um, in addition to that, maybe just make your way over to iTunes. Uh, Subscribe, like, leave a five-star review. That would really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, And if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can visit our website. Uh, www that stands for World Wide Web. What? Yeah. Dot. I, I left out the HTTP colon slash slash. Well, why? Some people might be confused about that. <laughs> because I don't start know, over. Start over. I don't know what those letters stand for. 
hyper something. Cool, hyper. start over. Uh, HTTP colon slash slash, and those are the forward slashes, I believe. No one really knows the direction. <laughs> www.subjectivelycorrect.com, and that's S-U-B-J-E-C-T-I-V-E-L-Y-C-O-R-R-E-C-T. Subjectively correct. Sub- Boop, 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 boop. subjectivelycorrect.com follow us also on twitter at subcorrect s-u-b-c-o-r-r-e-c-t there's going to be a, <laughs> there's going to be a quiz at the end of the show and you can also email us subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com and really easy if you just want to go to our website there's a, a an email link at the bottom just click on that send us a message of a new story you found interesting or funny that you want us to talk about or you want our opinions on we'll shout you out on the next podcast if we choose your story yeah, and maybe we'll send you a gift like a Maserati or a Tesla or a sticker. Te- I don't think Tesla's a good... Let's not go near Tesla right now. Are they not doing so well? Well, apparently Elon Musk, who is crushing it lately, by the way, he uh, talks about going private with the company. Yeah. And so all trading has been suspended on Tesla. They don't know what they're going to do with it. And so, I don't know. He tried to bring a submarine to help the the kids stuck in the cave yeah but they didn't use it but he was there okay so bad investment super cool company yeah i mean cars that run on electricity that's yeah yeah I, we still don't have the uh back to the future hoverboards though that's true i yeah someday so so david we're in the middle of the uh you know to, getting towards the end of the summer yeah there's just like not a whole lot going on in sports. No, in fact, uh, we're five minutes, six minutes in, and we haven't talked about sports yet, and it still doesn't feel wrong. So, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to for just another few minutes. I just wanted to see how how your summer was going. You're you're a school teacher. You're getting yeah. ready for the school year to begin. Yeah. Uh, you know how how are these last couple weeks of freedom going to play out for you? Well, I'm hoping a lot of sleep. Yeah. You know, just because I'm not going to sleep much once the school year starts. Be- uh, to bed early. Um, wake up early. Well, really to bed late, wake up early is how that usually goes. Yeah. But I had some, I've had some trainings. Okay. And, uh, one day, uh, I think you'll like this story. One day I, uh, well, okay. Let me start this way. My wife bought a new mouthwash, right? Uh, And, uh, how does mouthwash usually go? Mouthwash goes brush teeth, mouthwash, you're out, right? This is reverse though. It's a pre-brush mouthwash that's supposed to like loosen up plaque and like get your teeth ready to be cleaned. A pre-brush wash? Tell me about it. Say that five times fast. I will not. Okay. So you guys at home can do it. We'll give you a second to do it at home. I could have added music there. Okay. Anyway, so uh, in the morning, I'm kind of tired. I'm rushing to get to this training that starts at eight in the morning because, you know, we're teachers on summer vacation, so we want to wake up at 630, you know. <laughs> so I do the mouthwash and then I head out the door and I realize as I'm driving, I was like, I forgot to brush. You did the you did the pre-wash and you forgot the brush. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, I, but I'm like, okay, I don't want to turn back around. By the time I realized it, I was like, I might be late, but traffic was good. So I'm like, I'll just risk it. I'll go and I'll stop at a gas station and buy a toothbrush, toothpaste, and I'll brush my teeth there, right? Uh. So I drive to work. I'm doing well, right? I get there at good time. So I get I get to Irving where I, where I teach. Nothing screams dental hygiene like gas station in Irving, Texas. Just wait. Okay. <laughs> so I get into Irving and I get into a gas station. It wasn't the best gas station, but it was on the way. It was right off the road. So I had to stop, right? 
and I was like, do I want to go in and like look at my clock? And I'm like, yeah, I do. So I go in and uh, I get a toothbrush, I get toothpaste, right? I'm ready to roll. Extra firm toothbrush, by the way. My gums still haven't forgiven me. But anyway, so I go over to get like a little snack because I want something to munch on during this meeting, during these meetings, because you know, eight hours of a training is a long time to be sitting down and train. So I want to get some yeah. M&Ms. I found some white chocolate M&Ms. Okay. I like white chocolates. So, like I'll give these a try. So it's a really good story. Yeah, it's getting better <laughs> by the minute. So the the box of M&Ms, the white chocolate M&Ms, there's a bunch of M&Ms in there already, and I'm like, oh no, so it must have broken it. Oh package must have ripped open or something so i grab another package and i'm gonna go tell the guy like okay there's a mess in there yeah. as i'm walking away <laughs> m&ms fall out of my package onto the floor what I'm like oh no so I, i'm gonna take it up to him and show him what's going on and i grab another one so i take him up there and it's like hey there's a mess in there i have uh, found this one that ripped open too i'll just buy these just trying to let him know be a good guy right yeah so i'm buying my toothbrush toothpaste and my m&ms because <laughs> yeah. of course yeah and uh as he's ringing it up, M&M's fall out of that package. What? And, I and I'm like, what's going on with these M&M's? Where am I? And so he just looks at them all weird and he's like, oh, that's strange. And he's like, oh, what's going on? And so instead of like just solving the problem quickly for me, like just giving my toothbrush and toothpaste so I can go, he wanders over to the M&M thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. So it became like a little uh, a little thing for us to figure this out. So he grabs another one. He starts walking away. And the M&M's fall out of that one. I feel like you're just making this up I'm at this not. point. I'm not. And so, <laughs> the M&Ms are falling from the sky. Well, from the packages. Are you listening? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> for the last 10 minutes, you've been listening. Okay. So I grab, I grab, a, we finally, he grabs a package that looks solid enough and, he, and I pay for it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I go back and I brush my teeth in the little tiny gross bathroom, right? Uh-huh. Brush my teeth. My Still, my gums haven't forgiven me. And um, as I'm walking out of the store, feeling fresh and clean and on my way to this training, I see the guy putting M&M's back into the packages and stapling them shut. Oh. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen to those M&M's after I leave, but I don't have time to find out. So I got out of there and I went to my training. You know, unrelatedly, I got a staple in my M&M package. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds? Well, they're not good. Oh, one more thing before we get going. So I was in Nevada, right? My mother-in-law gave me this box. I didn't want this box. I thought I'd give it to you. Okay, this is... I'm looking at a shoe box. Yes. A Mizuno shoe box. A Mizuno shoe box full of... It uh, looks like 1990 basketball cards. Right. I thought you'd love this. Oh, yeah. A Danny Ferry? That's right. Check it out. Flip over the backside. See what it says about Danny Ferry. Played in Italy during the 89-90 season. <laughs> nice, awesome. right? No stats. Nice, right? Yeah, yeah. well, he, Italy. Italy didn't keep track of stats back then. There's some good ones hey, in there. Hey, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, there's, there's a Gary Payton in there. There's some other stuff. I okay. think there's some, there's some Lakers stuff in there. So I figured, you know, you used to collect basketball cards and baseball cards, yeah. right? So I figured you'd like some of these old cards in here. There's a Doc Rivers from his playing days. There's a Phil Jackson coach card in there. But anyway, yeah. Wow. Some stuff I thought you would like. I am so excited to go through this. Okay. You not excited? Thanks, David. You don't sound excited. No, I'm super excited. Cool. But, yeah. What'd okay. you give me? This is subjectively correct. The L- oh, yeah, I already did that part. <laughs> did that. I did that part. Okay, so I wanted to uh, start off the show, David. Uh, and by starting off the show, I mean 11 minutes Eleven minutes in. Nice segue. Uh, yeah. Uh, talking about uh, the most powerful man in the world and Donald Trump. <laughs> so I... I LeBron James and Donald Trump uh, have uh, had a little spat this week. Okay, so here's what happened. LeBron James, last week we talked about how he opened up his school. Super feel-good story. Um, 
worked with the community to to open the school for for youth that, that are growing up in the area he grew up in and facing a lot of the same challenges that he did. You couldn't say enough good things about that. Well, he was on CNN being interviewed by Don Lemon. Uh, both LeBron and Don Lemon uh, are black, and that that may matter, that may not, but but it's probably good to know for the context. It, of it the is story. important for the context, yeah. for sure. And um, so the, the the question of uh, of Donald Trump came up, and 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 LeBron was asked, uh, you know, if Donald Trump were here right now, what would you say to him? And LeBron responded with. Um, I wouldn't sit across from him. Uh, and he, he went on to explain where this is a quote. He said, we're in a position right now in America where this whole race thing is taking over. One, because I believe our president is trying to divide us. He's dividing us. And what I've noticed over the last few months is that he's kind of used sport to, to kind of divide us. Okay. So that, okay, that's, that's whatever. That's, that's his opinion of the president that, you know he's not he's obviously not a fan of him and uh, and he thinks that the president is using sports to to further divide the country and and I don't think it's uh, too far a leap to you know you can think about the the um, the anthem protest the anthem protests in the NFL um, and and how from time to time the president will tweet about different issues in sports uh, when it benefits him or, or his agenda okay I'm not gonna really make a comment on that this isn't a politics show. Although sports is is becoming more and more intertwined in politics. Especially as more and more of these star athletes gain a voice and realize we have a platform. And so many people listen to them. I mean, just look at social media followers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So many people listen to them. This is going to start happening more and more. Yeah. And so um, the president uh, apparently watched this or got word of, of this interview. And he, he tweeted with the following. Um should I try and do a Donald Trump impression? Oh, please. I've, I've never practiced this before. I don't think I've ever done a Donald Trump impression. Here we go. LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest band on television. You should see my hands right now. <laughs> it's perfect. Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. <laughs> Sticks I really to dismount. Feel, Sticks to dismount with, I like Mike. I really feel like you needed to see... That was more of a physical impression as opposed to a vocal impression. Yeah, the vocal impression won't be good, but yeah. the, I, I'm in here giggling. <laughs> I'm giggling because of... Yeah, that was great. So, in one tweet, he says he <laughs> thinks Don Lemon is the dumbest person on television, and he made LeBron James look smart, which isn't easy to do. So, he insulted the intelligence of both Don Lemon and LeBron James, and then he followed up with saying how he liked Michael Jordan. What? <laughs> okay. Um, you can probably find things to fault LeBron James for. Um, his biggest misstep in his professional career was announcing his decision to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers the first time on, on TV. Uh which ended up raising what five million dollars, <laughs> something like that. I was about to jump in <laughs> for, with that yeah. for the Boys and Girls Club of, yeah. of whatever Connecticut or wherever he, he did it. So his biggest public mistake was raising money for charity. Yeah, and and so there there were there were things wrong with that. I think the the way it was delivered and and maybe there was a he could have been a little more gracious towards the Cleveland fans. Anyways, who cares about that? That doesn't really matter. His biggest misstep. Is not a misstep, or or and if it is, it's minimal. Especially in context, because now players like Paul George are having whole docu series about their decisions. <laughs> yeah, and we don't even like we just go huh, at that like oh no big deal. Uh. 
Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I, I, LeBron, he's he's not quiet about his politics. He he likes Barack Obama. I think he he's was a, a Hillary supporter in this last election. That's fine. You know, players have their their opinions, and just like any one of us, they're entitled to those opinions. And and I think it's interesting to note that athletes protesting has been going on for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. I mean, back to '68 when you had the the Olympians raising their fist for equality, right? right? Yeah. I mean, Muhammad Ali was you know re- he refused to go to war based off his beliefs, and he was protesting. I mean, protests in sports have been going on for a long time. I mean, we we act like this is a new thing that's been going on since Colin Kaepernick took a knee. No, it's been going on for a lot longer than that. Yeah, I think I think the the newer phenomenon phenomenon is that. These players have uh, a way to reach millions of people in an instant through social media. Yeah. So that's the new wrinkle in this. But but you're right. Yeah. Uh, professional athletes um, taking uh, a, a political stand, whether it be for social justice or, or other issues, it's been happening for for decades. And um, you know, after the after uh, the president tweeted out um, his <laughs> after he sent his tweet, um, basically everyone started backing LeBron. I mean, other athletes, other politicians, other Republicans. The president's wife. Melania, Ivanka, Jared, <laughs> Mike Pence, the vice president, I think. <laughs> the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Four score and 20 tweets ago. All the elephants. That was a Gettysburg <laughs> joke, Anthony. Uh-huh. Probably not best to... I should have said the Gettysburg Address joke mm-hmm. because actual Gettysburg I probably shouldn't tease or make fun of that at all too soon David so everyone was coming to LeBron's side LeBron I mean he had won the public opinion but here's here's my uh and and I, and I don't think what he did was necessarily what he said was necessarily bad or wrong but I do I do find a little bit, and not blame, blame's not the right word, you, I don't think anyone can say anything that would merit a response from the President of the United States like that, but I do think that LeBron had a, missed an opportunity. When Don Lemon said, what would you say to him if he were sitting across from you? And he responded that he wouldn't sit across from that man. I do think he missed an opportunity to say what he would really say. Right. To if you were really presented with the opportunity to sit across from the president of the United States and you have a legitimate beef with him, you think he's really doing things that are detrimental to this country. Is the correct response to say, no, I would not engage him or would it be to engage him to to air your grievances and to make him respond to you? So if if you are going to find fault with with what LeBron James did, I think it's that there is so much dividing the country to say that you wouldn't even give someone, no matter how much you disagree with them, the time of day that you that you wouldn't engage with them, that you wouldn't discuss issues with them. I think that's the wrong approach. I think what we need more of is professional athletes, celebrities, um, church leaders, community leaders engaging in civil discourse right and showing you know if the no matter your views on the president i think it's fair to say that he can be somewhat bombastic and somewhat uncivil in his discourse and so if you're on the opposite uh, end of the political spectrum from him i think the most damage you could do is to sit down with him and contrast his style with a very calm reasoned benevolent approach 
No, I see 100% what you're saying, and that makes sense because, you know, sitting with him and showing people like, no, look how intelligent and look how calm and look how reasoned all my arguments are. I agree with that. But what does it say about LeBron and I think LeBron's community, whether that's fellow athletes, African-Americans, whatever, what does it say about their attitude towards this man if they won't even entertain the idea of sitting down with him? LeBron's a smart guy. He's very calculated. He's very, very calculated to the point where we feel like he's pulling the strings in the NBA. Like we feel like everything happening in the NBA this last um, free agency season was all like orbiting LeBron and mm-hmm. his machinations, what he was doing. He's very calculating. And I feel like if he honestly felt like sitting down with the president would benefit him or the people and the causes that he cares about, he would say, yeah, this is what I would say to him. I wish I could talk to him so we could talk about this. But he feels like the situation is so far gone that he won't even entertain the idea of sitting with him. So while I see your side and saying, like, no, you're missing an opportunity, I mean, who's going to say no to sitting down with the president? Well, whole teams are doing it now. Whole teams are refusing to go to the White House just to give an idea of the environment around this president and athletes right now and and politics in general, I think. And and I just think that's the wrong approach. Um, I think you can fight fire with fire, but you just end up with more fire. So... uh, yeah, I, I think everyone needs to take a big, take a deep breath, right? And um, if we could just talk a little more and, you know, not care so much about about the burn or the shade or whatever the, the, the phrase of the day is. For... The kids are saying shade now. So shade would be the appropriate. Shade. Okay. Um, yeah, if we cared less about that and more about what we can do to actually come together to, um, to heal Right, I, and and I don't know. I, in my daily life, I don't really feel like the nation's uh, like at war or, or you know divided. But I I don't live in in those communities, and and I don't have the background, I guess. So you know, I I'm not as I'm not the one, I guess, to to really speak on it. And I guess the the, the other thing on on this topic, and just to to wrap it up here, um, you know, there's a there's a quote attributed to Michael Jordan, whether he said it or not, is is a matter of debate, but when um, asked why he wouldn't back a uh, a Democrat a Democratic candidate, and this was like in the early '90s, he, his response was reportedly, "Republicans buy sneakers too," um, and it's just interesting to see. We talked about how there have been always been protests. It feels like the amount of political discourse coming from athletes, though, has intensified recently, and you contrast the approach. Um, attributed to Michael Jordan, basically saying, you know, Republicans are my customer base too. Why would I say anything that might drive them uh, away? That might that might turn them off from buying my product, buying my sneakers, supporting me. Uh, to athletes like Colin Kaepernick, basically giving up their livelihoods uh, for for a, a particular issue. I just listen. Everyone, just listen. Right? If someone is saying something that they really feel is important, just listen. So I think Trump should listen to LeBron, LeBron should listen to Trump, and everyone should just listen. And I think that would solve a lot of problems. But mostly I think everyone just needs to listen to Subjectively Correct Sports Podcast. Absolutely. That was a little implication there. Yeah. Listen. 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 (laughs) So another another, uh, interesting thing that happened over the weekend, we had the NFL Hall of Fame induction and notice that we're not talking about the nfl hall of fame game right 
that first preseason game, was which there, is always a hot mess. Was there a game? Well, yeah, you didn't know that. So before the Hall of Fame ceremony, yeah, there's always the Hall of Fame game, right? Yeah. And uh, well, Lamar Jackson, I think, played a little bit or something. And uh, Robert right. Griffin III has been uh, pounding some beefcake. Beefcake. <laughs> and uh, and he's, uh, he's beefed up a little bit. But yeah, uh, Joe Flacco, I hope he's not the quarterback long there because he's he's not that good. Is he elite? You remember, you remember that conversation for like five years ago? Yeah, his, defen- ago, his defense was elite. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Hall of Fame, go. All right. You know who's, uh, whose defense is awesome? Who? Johnny Manziel. Oh, my God. Did you see? <laughs> Are you saying he's really good for the other team's defense? That's right. He's the best player on the other team's defense? <laughs> That's right. His first pass in the Canadian Football League was an interception. Uh, well, he uh, turned it around after that, though, right? Yeah, with three more interceptions. There you go. <laughs> in, the first, in the first half. <laughs> Did you see the, you sent me the videos of the coach, like his coach, getting caught in his like wire, Yeah, his headset wire, that was great, and you were like, of course this is Johnny Manziel's coach. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. So Ray Lewis uh, spoke for 33 minutes. Let me tell you something, and, right now. And that was basically the essence of the speech. That's right. <laughs> it, it was all, it was all emotion, just kind of like how Ray Lewis played. Uh, you weren't sure if, if he was... Uh, inspiring you to go make a tackle or uh, calling you to repentance. One knee is for protest. Two knees up for Jesus. That's one of my favorite <laughs> quotes ever. Um, so yeah, he spoke. He spoke for thirty-three minutes, and uh, there was there was one point where he said he he. Um, I can't even remember why he was saying it, but he said he like kissed his kids on the mouth. That was so great. The kids' reaction to that. <laughs> There's four, four of his kids are the oddest. He says he kissed them on the mouth, and and it pans to each of them. And each of them is just shaking their head no. <laughs> and I think I think one, I think the oldest was like not happening. Yep, not happening, not happening. He said it like four times. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so I I do respect. I I listened to a TED talk by Ray Lewis. Yeah, which was basically the same thing as his Hall of Fame speech, and he went through a lot of rough stuff growing up, man, and. uh so I appreciated that TED Talk, and he talked about pain and overcoming pain and stuff, and I think he talked a little bit about that in his Hall of Fame speech, too. But, yeah, he's fire and fury, for sure. And it, I think I had the uh, I think I had the over, but the over was set at 40 minutes, so I, I lost uh, the bet. Yeah. So that's... Well, and, and you know, maybe the, the most interesting Hall of Fame speech wasn't one that happened in Canton, Ohio, which is the site of the NFL Hall of Fame, but it was one that happened in Ch- Chattanooga, Tennessee. Of course. Um, so... Terrell Owens was also inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, but he chose to uh, forego the the festivities in Canton, Ohio, and to have a smaller ceremony uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He played his uh, his uh, college football for uh, UT Chattanooga and uh, UT Tennessee Chattanooga, whatever the in Chattanooga and. Uh, you think I know Chattanooga's <laughs> Tennessee's universities off the top of my head? Uh, You're looking at me like, Dave, help me out here. I was yeah. like, the, the internet can't help you on that. What do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> Google has no answer for me. Right. Just came back with a big question mark on the screen. I'm like, I've never seen this before. So Raylo spoke for 33 minutes. T.O. spoke for 40 minutes. And a, a good portion of that ceremony was was to explain why he was doing this this speech in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and not in Canton, Ohio. Um, the takeaway was that he did not want to participate in the uh, in the Hall of Fame induction ceremony because of the negative negative relationship he had with the sports media. Um, he kind of felt that from the very beginning of his career, he was always taken out of context. Um, that he'd say something 
uh, about a teammate and it would be reported as him throwing a teammate under the bus and and he didn't really censor himself and so he gave really good quotes and and sports writers ran with those quotes and um so he he felt like he was burned by the media several times uh or repeatedly throughout his career and he also felt so he's been eligible for for the hall of fame this was his third year being eligible for, for the hall of fame so he went two years without making it i think most people would say he's a top 10 nfl receiver a lot of people would say he's a top five NFL receiver, and some people, if I may, <laughs> so <laughs> some people would even say he's maybe a top three or top two, if I may. Okay, go that's ahead, your dude. signal to stop because I have something oh. to say. And some people, bro. Oh yeah. If yeah. I may. Okay. Who has the most reception yards in the history of the NFL, Anthony? Jerry Rice. The answer to any NFL receiver questions, Jerry Rice. Yes, and who's number three? Uh, maybe Tim Brown, maybe no, no. Randy Larry Moss? Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Okay, best butt in football. Okay, I mean we left him out of the thighs debate because you know he just but he dominates the butt debate. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't know we were talking about active players, David. No, no, no. What? No, that was different. That was thighs debate. Okay. Larry Fitzgerald is number one on the butt debate. Okay. Number two through ten is the fridge. That's the type of Im- debate I would not want to embrace. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. But Terrell Owens, second most reception yards in the history of the NFL. Okay? What about touchdowns? Third most touchdowns in the history of the NFL. And Jerry Rice is way better than everybody with those stats. But the fact that he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer is ridiculous to me. If you're the third best in receptions, uh, reception touchdowns and the second most reception yards in the NFL, mm-hmm. why is it taking you so long to get in there? And I'm sick and tired of these Hall of Fames being these temples of saints that we're trying to put up there. Right? Some people in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame were terrible people. Mm-hmm. You know, like Honus Wagner. I heard stories about him, one of the first Hall of Famers inducted. Terrible dude. He would, like, spike people on purpose because yeah. of their race. Well, when you grow up with a name like Honus, you really have to embrace the villain. <laughs> you kind of do. Honus Wagner does sound like a <laughs> Captain America villain. <laughs> Like someone he runs into during World War II. I blame his parents. <laughs> and the naming. Yeah. That's what it is. But we need to stop looking at these Hall of Fames like judging their moral character. Mount and, Pius. Yes. Yeah. Mount Pius. And just judge their play. Like Pete Rose not being in the Hall of Fame and having the most hits yeah, in baseball history. Stupid. Actually, yeah. Ichiro Suzuki has more hits. But anyway, that's a, you know. Are you counting Japanese league? I am, a little uh. bit. I, that's like, I guess it's kind of like counting minor league hits. But anyway, um... Pete Rose, the hit king, isn't in the Hall of Fame because he did have a gambling problem, and I get that. But that didn't affect his play. Yeah. No, and... Uh, How did we get to baseball Hall of Fame? I don't know. You like you like to steer things to baseball. Do oh, you? my gosh, I do. Yeah. This is weird. I learned something about myself today. What were you talking so, about? So, so, so T.O. feels like... The media kept it because the media are the they're the ones who vote on who gets into the Hall of Fame. Oh right? yeah, now these, I remember these, what we these were sports, talking about. These sports writers vote on who gets into the Hall of Fame. So he feels like because of this this kind of personal beef that he had with with the sports media that he was kept out for two years where he should have been he should have been inducted on on the first ballot. Um, and David ran through some stats that I think would you know lead us to kind of back that uh, that opinion. So. In fact, statistically, he is the second or third best wide receiver in the history of the NFL. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, Okay, but but I'm going to take a, a similar take to what I just did with LeBron James. Uh, I get that he dislikes the media. But how much more powerful would it have been to tear down the media to their faces at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony? 
and to call them out on their hypocrisy right in front of them with all the cameras there because what he did was not did not get that much publicity i mean you know the sports centers of the world ran with it a little bit I, and i see what you're saying like, i guess the only the people who are always following sports and that have like espn the app and stuff like that and that follow yeah. espn on twitter those type of people they saw what happened right but the average joe that just like oh hall of fame okay there it is on my cnn thing for two minutes they didn't get it, and I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and so I think this almost plays into the narrative, you know, of T.O. being a diva, right? Like, that's that's the narrative that the sports writers wanted to portray, true or not. And, and and the narrative that we keep getting is, oh, he wanted to do his own thing. He was too good for the, for the regular induction ceremonies. He did his own thing, you know, his own private party, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I just think it would have been really cool to see him confront them. Whether Whatever side, of, you know, whatever opinion you hold, whether you're pro-TO or pro-sports media, it, I would have liked to have seen that, that happen face-to-face. Yeah, one thing's for sure. If Terrell Owens was a basketball player, everyone would love him. He'd be like Draymond, but really, really good. <laughs> like Hall of Famer. Could you imagine if Draymond Green was like a Hall of Famer and putting up second or third best ever stats? That yeah. would be T.O., and everyone would love him. I'm just sad that Twitter wasn't around when T.O. was oh. it. When oh. T.O. started, if there would have been Twitter, Sports Center would have written itself. All right, Anthony, so from some heavy stuff to some more funny stuff that got weird and into baseball somehow, <laughs> back into some more serious stuff. So Urban Meyer is kind of embroiled in some stuff right now, and... Apparently, there was a domestic violence issue with one of his assistant coaches. Oh, for our listener, explain who Urban Meyer is. Urban Meyer, for our listener? Yeah. (laughs) For our listener, uh, Urban Meyer is currently the head football coach of Ohio State University, one of the biggest programs in the nation. And uh, before that, he was a coach at Florida University. And he's the one of those really big name coaches that everybody wants to have at their program. I mean, he's Nick Saban. um, He's, who's the guy from Clemson? Dabo Swinney. He's, he's right up there with those guys. Jim Holt. Put their pants on the same way we do. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so unexpected. If you know who Lou Holtz is, that was hilarious. If you don't know who Holt, Lou Holtz was, you may have been offended by that. It's Grandpa from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Google Lou Holtz. Oh, gosh. Okay. Man, how do you do that to me? I forgot what I was saying. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. So, Oh, now I'm sad again. <laughs> I went from sad to really giggly and happy, and now I'm sad again. So he, he was in some, he's in some trouble right now. He's on a leave of, a leave of absence while they investigate a situation where one of his coaches um, is being accused of physical abuse against his wife. Yeah, domestic violence. Yeah. And... Apparently, Urban Meyer may have known something about it, but didn't report it. He didn't do it correctly. He's saying he did, but he didn't bring it up in a media day or whatever. It's really convoluted and complicated, just like all of these circumstances tend to be. His wife definitely knew about it. Urban Meyer's wife. Yeah, Urban Meyer's wife. Yes, but it's still cloudy whether or not Urban himself knew about it. It's weird calling him just Urban. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and this is all really uncomfortable for me to talk about. Because like we talked about last week with the uh, with the Astros signing someone who's currently suspended for domestic violence and who is under trial for domestic violence and just signing him anyway, even though they have a zero tolerance policy, 
Urban Meyer doesn't have the greatest past. Think about his Florida teams when he was a head coach at Florida. And uh, I, I read this. This is uh, from George Diaz from the Orlando Sentinel. He wrote, quote, let his resume reflect that 25 players were arrested 31 times during his six years as the head coach at Florida. Wow. So, again, number one always will be winning. Always. Those Florida teams were the Tim Tebow teams, right? So you put Tim yeah. Tebow out there, and you're like, look at this angelic person who he's kneeling for all the right reasons. In the scales of justice, I think one Tim Tebow outweighs 31 felons. I don't know. The Mets, uh, the Mets farm system begs to disagree. Hey, I think he was going to get called up till he got injured. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for him. Anyway, <laughs> I, I would love to talk more Tim Tebow in the minor leagues with you, but... This, this Tune in next week. Oh, gosh. Will we break it down? Break down Tim Tebow. His swing looks okay. I mean, for a for a guy who hadn't played, you know, who was for playing a bad, football for a bad quarterback, right. he swings the bat really well. Uh, so, yeah, Urban Meyer. But let's not forget. Okay, so Aaron Hernandez was on that same team with Tim Tebow. Aaron yeah. Hernandez, who you know was later accused and convicted of murder, you know, and winning always comes first, and that's what. I keep getting frustrated when these stories come out that it keeps shocking people that these shady things are going on when, you know, college foot, college basketball with all that muck with Adidas and all that stuff about coaches and, and people taking money for shoe deals or whatever, not following NCAA rules and stuff. Of course, because winning is the number one thing. Because winning brings what, Anthony? Money, money, money. Winning brings money. These programs bring in so much money through their sports, and winning is the best way to bring in more of that money. Urban Meyer's job is not to teach boys to become men. It is not to teach these kids how to live, not to teach these kids how to do good at their job or whatever. His job is to win football games, thereby making the Ohio State University, I said that wrong, the Ohio State (laughs) University, more money. That's what it's been about. That's what it's always going to be about. And I'm continually surprised by people's reaction to coaches choosing winning over morality. Okay, I took a little break. I'm good now. You good? Yeah. All right. I realized after after that last segment, I was like, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm kind of angry. I ordered David to the freezer. <laughs> Stick your head in there for three minutes. It felt pretty good. Yeah. That fourth minute, though, that'll get you. So, switching gears from whatever you were talking about. I, I was angry about something. Yeah. To uh, back to basketball, because basketball... And the NBA, it's a twenty-four. It's a twenty-four hour. No, twelve month. That's the time. That's the uh, the the time unit I was going for. It's a twelve month sport now, David. Yes, it is. And it's twenty-four hours a day on NBA TV and another outlet. Are you all right? Uh, you know. All right. So not much is going on in the NBA these days. Most of the transactions have slowed down. Everyone's kind of getting in their summer workouts, doing their last vacations before training camp comes along. Schooling little kids at their basketball camps and somehow getting attention for it. Don't get me started on that. Anyone can cross over a kid when you're an NBA player. That's Mm -hmm. like Max Scherzer going up there and striking out a Little Leaguer during the Little League World Series and being like, oh, in your face. Everyone would be like, whoa, Max Scherzer, calm down. But Victor Oladipo does it at his basketball camp and everyone giggles and laughs. Anyway, I'm done. Okay, I'm angry again. Freezer? Yeah, freezer. Okay, I'll be back. Okay. So ESPN, uh, oh wow, okay, see you, David. 
So, so ESPN um, put out some projections. Kevin Pelton, their one of their basketball insiders, uh, so you have to have a subscription to access this article. Um, put out some projections, win totals for the Western Conference, and um, I'm not going to go through all of them because that's boring. But a couple of of noteworthy takes of his. One, he has the Spurs in the ten seed. And David, how many teams make the playoffs? Oh, hey, David. Hey, David, how many teams make the playoffs? I'm sorry. Which, oh, which sport are we talking ba- about? Okay, we're talking about basketball. Okay. Uh, NBA. Eight in each conference. Eight in and each there conference. are two conferences, and eight times two is 16. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Okay. So among the top 10 uh, ESPN projections for the uh, this coming season, Kevin Pelton has the Spurs in the 10th seed with 38 and a half projected wins. Okay, okay. Now, I'm confused about this. See, gambling, it makes sense to have half wins. Yeah. Because that's where you're putting the line. Right. Right? What is a half a win? Well, it, I, you know, I think there must be some model that he's running this through because some of these are 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, 0. Whatever, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.1. Okay, uh, he's using math. He's using math. Okay, go ahead. He's, an, he's a nerd. Sure. Okay. And he's getting his revenge on these athletes. I don't get that reference. Me either. And so he has Spurs at 38 and a half wins. This is interesting because the Spurs were, I believe, the second, seventh seed in the West last year. Yeah, they weren't great. They weren't great. They were without Kawhi. They had Kawhi for about nine games and it was like mediocre Kawhi. Um, and so they're, they're replacing mediocre nine game Kawhi with healthy... I'll start DeMar DeRozan, and they're dropping. Right. So that's interesting. Other other noteworthy projection, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, perhaps you've heard of them. They uh, His cat is named Mamba. Yes. The Lakers are projected to win 41.2 According games. According to Pelton at ESPN. According right? to Pelton at ESPN, which would have them in the... Nine seed, which is uh, outside the playoffs. As I established earlier, using math. Mm-hmm. So, and and the rest of and the rest of his his top eight, the teams he thinks will make the playoffs are are the teams you would think: Warriors, Jazz, Rockets, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Thunder, Pelicans, Blazers. In that order. Um, so that's interesting. I think you know if if you're really into uh, NBA, you may pay the subscription fee. You may. Read the story, and you may say, "Oh, what? what? How, how are the Spurs out of the playoffs? How are the Lakers out of the playoffs?" And you know, you may have a fun read. Uh, on the heels of, of this of this story, uh, Vegas came out with its projections um, because if there's an opportunity to bet something, Las Vegas will allow you to do that. And so um, they've put out their win projections, and you can bet the over/under. So, for example. The the current odds that that I'm looking at um, have the Warriors at 62 and a half wins for the season. So if you think the Warriors are going to win more than 62 and a half games, if they're going to win 63 or more, then you would bet the over. And if you're right, you'll win some money. If you think they'll win less than 62 and a half, 62 or fewer games, you bet the under. And if you're right, you win some money. Um, now. Vegas has the Lakers as the four seed, tied for fourth with the Jazz. They have the Spurs also out of the playoffs, actually, in the nine seed. They have the Blazers out of the playoffs. What so, does that say about DeMar DeRozan? 
it says that they're not super confident that uh, that he's going to have the impact that the casual NBA fan might think he should right. have. Right. Well, he will kill you with mid-range jumpers. <laughs> he and Lamarcus Aldridge are gonna right? are gonna live twenty feet from the rim. Oh my gosh, fifty to twenty footers all day. <laughs> that shot chart is gonna be crazy. It's just gonna be like a ring at the fifteen to twenty mark. And nothing else. <laughs> Maybe like a couple of three-pointers in the corner, a couple of dunks, and then 15-footers. Yeah. Gonna... And Greg Popovich, I think, secretly wants to play that game. Like deep down in his basketball soul, he's like, I've played this way. That's the way it's supposed to be yeah. played. But well, then he's, he's getting He's on the record as hating three-pointers. Right? Which right. is, you know, they're worth more and they're more efficient. Yeah. Anyway, we won't get into that because so, that's more nerd talk. Yeah. And, okay, like I said before, these win projections are boring. They don't mean anything. They're fake news. Okay. Uh, but what's interesting is how different the ESPN projections are versus the Vegas projections. Now, I like what you said about this. This is interesting because both ESPN and Kevin Pelton and Vegas are in the business of, like we talked about earlier, making money, right? Yeah. But they have different approaches. So so tell them about that. Yeah. So Vegas, all they, they want to be as close to right as possible so that they can entice you to make a bet that you think you have a good shot at winning um they're going to set these lines in some ways higher than what should be uh, than what should be and they're going to set some lower than what they should be to entice you to make bets that are in their favor right and so as more people bet a certain way the lines are going to shift it doesn't really matter All, all that matters here is that vegas sets the lines um, pretty close to where they think the teams are going to end up so that they get a good number of people on either side of the bet, right? And when when one side of the bet starts to... Uh, when, when, when more people start to bet on, on the over, for example, they're going to move the line up just a little bit to, to cover themselves. Um, so all they care about is more people placing bets. ESPN, all they care about are more, are more clicks, Right? They want people visiting the website, reading the stories, and uh, they want the eyeball so that they can tell their ad partners uh, so many people are visiting and so many people are spending this much time on the site, so we can charge you this much more for your ads. And to get eyeballs, you're not going to go with the reasonable take all the time. Of course not. I mean, uh, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith are the... Uh further evidence of that, right? You're not going to say the reasonable thing. You're going to say the outlandish thing. You're going to say it loud. Yeah. And I think having the Spurs out of the playoffs for the first time in forever, I think that's a good way to draw some eyeballs. Saying that the Lakers aren't going to be in the playoffs with LeBron, that's going to draw some eyeballs. You know what I mean? Saying that the Jazz are going to be second place in the the West, that's going to draw some eyeballs. So yeah. Yeah. So this hot take embrace debate culture um, is sometimes leading to uninformed or ignorant Sports takes, unfortunately, and I, I, I don't think you can find if if you pulled, you know, the the the, the vast array of, of NBA experts, very few would say that the Spurs and Lakers would both miss the playoffs, and so the fact that the the ESPN Basketball Insider has both of them missing, um, to me it just screams clickbait. To me it just screams we need people. We need people subscribing to NBA Insider so that they can find the justification for why these two teams aren't making the playoffs. And so back to David's earlier point, it's all about money, and it's not really educating fans. Can we be done talking about this now? Yeah, we can be done. Thank you. 
Anthony, I want you to think about the last time you used the bathroom. <laughs> okay. Thinking about it? Got it. Listeners, are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about the last time you used the bathroom? Listener. Sorry. Did I make it plural again? You did. Listener, think about the last time you used the bathroom. Now, I'm going to say some words, and I want you to think whether or not you would describe your last experience in the bathroom as these words. A party. A fiesta. A hoopla. A hullabaloo. A rave. Now, did any of those words describe your latest bathroom experience, Anthony? Most definitely. Wow, we have very different <laughs> bathroom experiences. But in uh, this last week in England, there was a music festival. Okay? And music festival, kind of the theme of the show today, except for everything in the middle. <laughs> except for the unimportant stuff. Yeah, we, we talked about domestic violence and, like, politics and stuff. Anyway, yeah. so... You walk up to this bank of porter potties at this, uh, I'm sorry, portaloos, as they would say over uh, across the pond. And uh, you'd go to the portaloo, and you'd open the door at this music festival, and you would walk in, and there would be a rave going on, <laughs> a la Narnia. Like, you go into this porta potty, and it, like, opens you up into this magical party land where, like, music's pumping, mm -ts, mm -ts, mm -ts, and people are dancing and stuff. And the videos of this are just tremendous, because they're, like, people, like, waiting outside the porta potties but they don't look like they're doing potty dances or anything. And then a guy opens the door to the porta potty and there's, like, light shows and lasers and people dancing and stuff. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's like the Narnia of raves, except you don't go into, like, through a lovely wooden cabinet, but you go in through a toilet, you know, which is okay. And... I can't believe someone actually videoed this and ruined it. Right? They they ruined the secret. What's the first rule of porta potty rave? You Don't do not talk, talk about, about porta potty, potty rave. rave. What's the second rule of porta potty rave? You did not talk about porta potty rave. 